For the last several months, life has been different than what maybe anyone would have predicted. I saw a meme on the internet the other day that said, it turns out all of us who said where we would be in five years were wrong. Nobody got that right. There's been uncertainty, fear, lockdowns, various crises because of this pandemic of 2020. This has also been a unique time for ministry. Prayer is prioritized. Grace must be exercised and hope revitalized. One Tennessee woman has embraced this opportunity and has seen God work. That's on this Action and Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legoute, and this is Action and Ministry. We've all been thrust into a different way of life recently. I know for me, things have changed. I've been homeschooling my children for the first time while working remotely from home, and I am wearing so many hats at one time. It's been a change and a challenge. While some people have had similar experiences, others have lost jobs, family members, and sometimes even hope. Our guest today, Melody Kane, serves alongside her husband in church ministry. She's a busy mom to three children, a teacher, an author of a devotional for adoptive families, and is passionate about encouraging others in their faith. Melody, what a great time to be an encourager. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Well, Melody, how have you seen your family adapt to this pandemic of 2020? How are you guys doing? We're doing really well right now. Um, I think at the beginning, it was kind of just a shock <laughs> to our system. And right. um, I have three very involved children. They um, love hanging out with their friends, being involved in sports and church. Their seasons came to an end um, unexpectedly and the school years as well. So, it, you know, we have had our high moments and some low moments, I guess, as well. But God's been gracious even in those to really teach us some some important lessons. Oh man, helping my kids to get through that, uh, mourning the loss of their sports seasons and not being able to be with their friends and do all of that. I, I hear that completely. What have been your biggest challenges specific to this time? I think for me personally, like you mentioned, um, I'm a teacher. Um, I'm part-time, but um, I teach middle school chorus um, as an assistant And I think really I have struggled so much with not getting to say goodbye to my students at Mm -hmm. the end of the year, especially my eighth graders who will be moving on and out of our school. That has been hard. I'm very um, much an extrovert. I love being around people. So it's been (laughs) hard to be confined to home. God's used this to show me um, that others are a blessing, but fulfillment really can only come through Him. And um, then just um, in ministry and as a family, I think having to figure out a completely different way of doing things, that's been the biggest challenge in both of those areas. Because like you, um, I've had to, we kind of did homeschool for a little while. We're finished now, but at the beginning and figuring out what that looks like with a 16, 14 and eight year old was a challenge. So. And trying to continue on in your job and right, just right. wear all the hats at the same time. It is crazy. Yes. And, you know, even for parents, even for people who teach on a regular basis, you know, switching to teaching your kids 
in this kind of environment, it's just very different. It's not, it's not even the same as homeschooling. It's, it's just different because you're, um, I've heard several people say, you know, you're teaching through a crisis. And so it's Mm -hmm. different than if you had prepared or planned to homeschool, you know, it's kind of a sudden thing you're thrust into. And Mm -hmm. so that was definitely challenging. Well, you're a teacher and a mom and a wife, and but you also are actively involved in ministry. What does ministry typically look like for you? So my husband is a pastor. Um, we've served together the whole 20 years we've been married um, in church ministry, and my dad's a pastor. And so I've grown up in ministry and have never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. But ministry on a normal basis is, you know, a very much a part of our lives. We are um, active and serving at our church in different roles, teaching and um, being involved in service and ministry and all of those things. But um, but ministry during this, it's just it's been completely different than anything I've ever experienced before. So that's been good and and challenging. When the pandemic hit, did you see a shift in what people were needing or what people were thinking about? Um, as you were ministering to the people around you? Yes. I mean, just like you and I were saying, like so much of our lives is focused in on what activities we're involved in and mm-hmm. everything like that. And, you know, we seek to do ministry in those areas and with the people we're involved in in those ways. But all of a sudden, you know, so many things were taken away from people that occupy our time and our thoughts and all of a sudden we were, you know, everyone was left with just kind of an emptiness of like, okay, what is left of life? And it, and it left a hole and they realized, I think for a lot of people that the only way to fill that was with their relationship with Christ. Um, and some people are still looking for how to fill that. But mm-hmm. um, for those who are believers, I think a lot of people recognize like, okay, this emptiness, I'm feeling all these other things that I usually cram my time full of when they're gone, what's left. Um, Mm. And so it left people searching for, for a deeper relationship with Christ. I think in a lot of cases, I think ministry, I don't know. I don't want to say it became easier because definitely strategies became harder, but I think people were less distracted and more willing to look at their relationship with Christ and their faith and what was missing in that. That's so interesting that you say that strategies became like more difficult. And I've, you know, I, I know a lot of pastors and um, ministers and people who work with youth and, and whatnot. And I've watched them adjust to the different strategies needed to minister to people who are in stay at home orders. Like, how do you reach out to people? So how did, how did you kind of approach this? strategy shift um, in light of everything going on around you? As far as a church, you know, my husband, our deacons really sat down and decided like, what is this going to look like? How are we going to do church services? Those sorts of things. For me personally, I had to step back and figure out like how I was going to continue on with like girls Bible study group that I had just started. How am I going to stay connected with the women in our church? And a lot of that looks kind of very similar to ways that other people have stayed connected through Zoom meetings and through social media. And, you know, social media definitely has its negatives and and everything. But through this, even though that's not the way God intended church to be done, it's definitely been a blessing that we've had that resource um, so that we could stay connected. 
How did you see God leading you in this time? I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is there's been a recurring theme of my life of waiting and not being anxious and trusting the Lord through those times of waiting. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 always, um, I guess back since college has been um, a, a scripture that stood out to me. It says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think I I really clung to those verses during this time and have daily had to surrender those thoughts of anxiousness and worry to the Lord and look to Him for peace in this. Also, another thing that's really, I don't know, stood out to me, someone shared with me a while back in a class that I took, that, you know, we're kind of like tea bags and the mm-hmm. circumstances around us are like the hot water. And what comes out of us when that hot water of those circumstances is poured on us, it's what's already inside us. Mm-hmm. And so when anger or frustration or, or um, bitterness come out, it's because that was already inside us in the first place. And so God's really been working on me on like what's inside you because during times of stress like this, what's inside you, what you are um, pouring into your life and your heart, it's it's what's going to come out in those moments of frustration and stress. Yeah. We've been really intentional about prayer in this time. How did your daily prayer time come about? So um, at the beginning of this, I had a friend reach out to me and she she said, Melody, I don't know, like, what we need to do exactly, but God has just laid on my heart that we need to just be praying together. And she was like, I just want to get a group of us um, together to start praying each day. And she was like, I just don't know how to do it. Um, And he laid you on my heart. Would you lead Mm -hmm. that? And I (laughs) felt very overwhelmed by that responsibility. And also, you know, just the uncertainty of, well, what if nobody like wants to do this? You know, you have those moments of doubt, like what if nobody wants to sit there and pray with me every day? (laughs) I prayed about it. I said, let me pray about it. And I did. And, and he was just like, you know, if it's five or if it's 15 or 20, you know, then just be faithful in doing what I've called you to do. And, Mm -hmm. um, it led to a 63 days of us praying together every night. And just the Lord's been really faithful in that allowing us to pray through a lot of things that are going on right now, but also to see answers to those prayers and build our faith through that. Well, you're praying specifically on several points each evening, right? Like how did you decide what to anchor your prayers in? So one of the very first nights that I shared, um, I used the verse in Romans, Romans 8, 26, where it said, the spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, Hmm. but the spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so that's been my prayer all along. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to pray for each night. I don't know what to Um, say or how we should pray for all these things, but you know my heart. 
And um, I want to pray according to the will of God. So I've really just clung to that verse. And day by day, God's just been faithful to through things going on in the news, through things going on in my own life or my own time reading God's word, just show me like, okay, let's pray about this. And one night it was interesting. We were getting close, like 30 minutes away from our prayer time. And we were recording, pre-recording our church service. And a friend of mine leaned back and handed me a piece of paper and it had three things to pray for. It was like the one day I was like, I don't even know what to pray for. And the Lord provided, you know, it was neat. Well, has this time of prayer led to other opportunities for you to reach out and lean into the lives of others around you? Definitely. You know, it wasn't something I sought out in the first place, but God has really been faithful in that to offer and show some other opportunities. Just as far as prayer time, I've been able since that to, um, I was asked to help lead a prayer time for ministers' wives that we we do weekly. And then through this prayer time, we also um, had a day where we met together and people pulled into the parking lot at our local hospital And we did the prayer time there live at the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. We parked in the parking lot, had signs on our cars. Nobody got out. You know, we continued to social distance, but just honk our horns during that time after we finished and drive around the hospital and just let them know that we were praying for them. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been able to do other ministry things, taking gift baskets to our hospital, just to let them know that we're praying for them, sending cards to local nursing homes. I don't know, just a lot of just out of the box thinking, like, how can Mm -hmm. we encourage people? How can we let them know that the Lord cares about them and that we're praying for them too? And active ministry. And when we pray, I think God's faithful to show us ways to do that. This is a time when so many people are feeling um, disconnected and separated from the people around them. And you seem to have really found a way to connect with other people and let them know that um, even though maybe we're distanced apart from one another, that we're still together. How have you seen God working in this and through this and through the other people around you as well? You know, I think it's so interesting. And it's a another lesson that God's shown me over and over. I think so often, like with our adoption, I know when I, I went through some times of just major struggles emotionally um, with that adjustment, but then um, also physically, um, I went through and, and still have, but didn't know what was going on at the time, some health issues. And when I kept those kind of to myself and didn't really talk about them, I felt so alone and so isolated. And I've found that as we begin sharing about our struggles and the things that we're going through, God really, He begins to work and show us that we're not alone. And I think this has been no different. During these nightly prayer times and things like that, as I've shared about my own struggles, I think God has used that to help others recognize that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, having a friend message me and say, thank you for sharing about your health struggles I've just realized that, you know, I'm having some health issues too, and it helped me to hear you share about that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's the way God wanted the, the family or the church to be, to share our struggles with each other and then allow Him to help hold up those burdens. It's been neat to see also people who through this time have started taking a bigger leap of faith and recognizing like I can pray big things and trusting mm-hmm. God to answer those in his timing and um, to watch their faith grow. Um, that's been exciting to me too. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Melody, I don't want to gloss over the fact that like this is a chaotic time of life. Um, and you're, you're busy. You're doing a lot of things and you're so joyfully talking about how you're serving the people around you. Some days you might be getting to the end of the day and just being exhausted or, whew, that was a tough one. Um, yes. how are, yeah. What's helping you stay sane and what's helping you stay encouraged during this time? I love in um, Corinthians where Paul says that, you know, in our weakness, he is strong. And um, I have found so much in my life that, you know, my weaknesses, my struggles, when I'm discouraged, I just have to run to the Lord. We can look to other people or other things for that encouragement because they're readily accessible. And I think that's one way that this quarantine, this time has been a gift because you don't have anywhere else to run but to the Lord. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I'm running to His Word. There was a day um, when I was getting ready for the prayer time, not um, just, I guess, a week or two ago, and it had been one of those days. It was our last day of school, and I walked out of that building without getting to say bye to my students, and it was just a really hard day. The verses where it talks about how we go through times of trial and struggle so that Christ can develop in us the character that he wants us to have. And in this time, I've genuinely found that like, if we will look to him for our hope and our encouragement, he's going to change us so that we more closely resemble um, Jesus and look more like him coming out of this than we did going into it. And I think there's so much um, hope and joy in that, like recognizing that suffering and trials, they're for a purpose, you know, they're mm-hmm. not pointless. And if we allow him to use them, because we have a choice, you know, how we're going to come out of this. And if we mm-hmm. choose to run to him and let him transform us, then we'll reflect him better as we mm-hmm. come out of this time. Well, as with any type of crises, and um, there are a lot of different thoughts and opinions and needs that are kind of swirling around us, right? And I mean, we are experiencing this collective traumatic situation, but um, we're not all experiencing it the same way. Um, and so there can be some divisiveness, differences of needs and opinions. Do you see this as a time with a greater potential for reaching out to our neighbors and finding a space where we can come together in? Definitely. Sometimes you just have to get off of social media because it is, it is so divided. One of the things that we see in scripture is that God hates pride. Mm. He hates arrogance. And so many opinions are are a reeking of pridefulness. It's okay to have an opinion or feelings on different things, but the pride that we see, it's distasteful and it leads people away from Christ. One of the, the verses that I keep coming back to is in John 3, verse 30, John the Baptist was speaking and he said, he must increase, I must decrease. Mm-hmm. And in a time when so many people want to increase and and be important and their opinions be elevated, I think it's more important that we step back and and have that humility and say, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know for sure what's going to happen or change tomorrow. Because if, if 
this has taught us nothing. It's that things can change in a day's time. You know, we'll have one opinion one day and something different the next. And so we need that humility to recognize that we don't have all the answers and that's okay. Paul talked about in Corinthians about everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And so sometimes we just have to step aside and whether we have the freedom to do something or not, it may not, that may not be the question we need to ask. It may to be, is this beneficial to other people who are watching me? Am I reflecting Christ in doing this? Should I lay down my personal freedoms in order to be a better witness to someone? And so I think we have bigger questions to ask as Christians, like how can we show the love of Christ through sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Because we're called to lay down our lives and take up our cross daily and follow Him. And so that requires sometimes less of ourselves and more of God. Mm. Well, Melody, you seem to be doing such a lovely job of loving uh, your neighbors and ministering to people in this time. What advice would you give to someone who's looking at the current climate of society, who's looking at what life looks like in this time of a pandemic, and they want to be giving back to their family and friends and community and to be loving them with the love of Jesus, what advice would you give to them if they just don't know where to start? Yeah, I would just say, start with praying, you know, ask God. Um, The Bible tells us that, you know, if we pray and ask for wisdom, he gives generously without finding fault. And, And that's what I've found, you know, like I'm so thankful that he's just given me opportunities, shown those to me, Um, you know, pray and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? He will give those opportunities. And then also, I think it's really important that we, we just seek to have compassion. You know, Jesus looked out and he saw the crowds over and over we see in scripture, and we know that their needs were overwhelming. And it seemed like, Like, how could he meet all those needs? And yet it says he was filled with compassion or he had compassion on them. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's really easy to get calloused when you look at needs and they seem overwhelming, but we need to follow Christ's example and just have compassion on people. Stop looking to place blame. Stop looking to determine who's worthy of, you know, our help and just have compassion on people everyone's struggling. You know, you hear that quote, everyone's fighting a battle that, you know, you don't see or don't know about. And I think that's so true, whether it be they're physically struggling, financially struggling, or emotionally struggling, everybody's struggling with something. And if we would just show more compassion, more grace, look at what Christ has given us, the compassion and the grace that he's given us. And then that should drive us to just pour out grace on people around us because we didn't deserve it either. And yet Christ chose to love us and pour his grace and mercy out on us. Well, Melody, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's a joy to listen to you talk and we'll be praying for you too as you love and serve the people in your midst. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you having me today. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful way to minister to others during such an uncertain time, leading in prayer and supplication, taking our requests before God who gives peace 
and guards our hearts and minds. Melody has made an impact in her community. How can you do the same? That's Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.